Thanks so much for joining for another episode of Run the List, a medical education podcast designed by Dr. Naveen Kumar, an attending gastroenterologist at Brigham and Women's Hospital, Emily Gutowski, a Harvard medical student planning to go into internal medicine, and Dr. Walker Red, myself, a internal medicine resident here at Brigham and Women's Hospital. As a quick disclaimer, this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only and should not be understood as medical advice under any circumstances. While we go through all the different areas within internal medicine, we thought it would be great to take the time to talk with some of those who have gone in to a specialty field and done further fellowship training to get a sense for what their career looks like and what drew them to it in the first place. Today, I, Walker Red, I'm going to be having a conversation with one of our attending gastroenterologists here at Brigham and Women's, Naveen Kumar. All right, Naveen, thank you so much for joining us. To get started here, why don't we just hear a little bit about how you became interested in gastroenterology in the first place. So when I was in medical school, I actually was probably more inclined to do cardiology. I think I loved the physiology. I just felt like with cardiology, you could really understand what was going on in a patient. Absolutely. Based on the physiology, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, then I got to the end of med school, and then by that time, I, you know, I'd done my clerkships, and it was clear I wanted to do something procedural. But I love medicine. I felt like medicine had my people, and I love talking about physiology and pathophysiology. So it was clear that surgery wasn't right for me. Medicine seemed to be the right home, but again, I wanted to do something procedural. So then it started. So then I started thinking, okay, what are the other procedural fields within medicine? Right. Besides cardiology, and then I started looking into GI a bit more. And to be honest, one of the biggest draws for me with GI was just the people. I felt like. I mean, everyone tells you this, like, you have to find your people when you're looking. Right, I've definitely room. heard that. Yeah. And I just felt like the GI people were my people. They have, like, a great sense of humor, right? Because they're dealing Absolutely. Right? They're dealing with this, like, you know, the digestive tract, and there's things right. there that are humorous at times. So, Absolutely. Um, I love that piece, and then I love the procedural component of the field. And then I think there is a ton of medicine in GI, and you just get to deal with so many different organ systems within the same field. So I think it was like those three things, right? So it was like physiology, pathophysiology is a big core, mm -hmm. um, the procedural element, and then the people. Absolutely. So I think I'm hearing from you that I, the people you're actually working with within the field really uh, meant a lot to you. And I think that totally makes sense. It's going to be who you're spending your career working with. Yeah. On the flip side, too, was there anything about the patients that drew you to it and sort of what types of patients have you enjoyed taking care of as a gastroenterologist? Nice. Yeah, that's a great point because I think the, the cool thing in GI is that a lot of people are coming to you with symptomatic conditions. Sure. And so you actually have the opportunity to make people feel better. Right. Um, and I think in that sense, a lot of patients are motivated to follow your recommendations because they, they actually derive the benefit from following through. So I like that piece. I mean, there's there's great reasons to do preventative care, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's hard because the patients just, they don't feel any different if they do it or they don't. Exactly. So I love that piece about GI, um, actually making people feel better. And then it's just, it's, it was a longitudinal aspect of the field as well. Like you see the patient once and, all, and then they are yours, which for the vast majority of patients, it's a great thing that you, be, you you are able to have this longitudinal relationship. Sure, that has to make it really rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. See them over time and see them feel better. Right, and so I'm in, you know, now I'm in my third year as an attending, so I've seen most of my patients that I, that I met early on, like four or five times, and 
it's fine. I mean, like you, you don't realize this in med school or in residency, but once you are actually someone's attending physician, they really latch on to you in, in a wonderful way. Um, and they, they can see you their doctor for the rest of their life. And I, I think that's just really cool that you have that in GI, the longitudinal aspect. Right. Care. It sounds like it brings you a lot of meaning. It does. Your work. Yeah. And there's also that piece with GI, you know, so there's the, there's this the kind of look more chronic care, but there's also the acute care that you do when I'm the inpatient attending and I'm dealing with patients who are in the hospital and some are having life-threatening illnesses, life-threatening bleeds that we've talked about in earlier podcasts, um, you know, end-stage cirrhosis. There's, there's a lot of acuity as well um, where you feel like you get that immediate satisfaction when you find a bleeding ulcer and you're able to treat it. Um, and you know you did something that day that potentially saved that person's life. So there's like, there's just so many different avenues of satisfaction, I think, with the patient care. And it sounds like you just get that exposure to the full spectrum from people coming in with an acute need that you need to address right then to something that's maybe more chronic but still affects their daily life. Yeah. And you can help them with over time. Yeah, exactly. So like, so how my week works is, so I'm a little different because I am, as you know, I do a lot of education stuff with sure. our medical students. So what my week looks like is I do two half days of clinic where I'm seeing these, um, you know, less acute, more chronic um, patient conditions. And then I do two half days of endoscopy where I do procedures on my own patients. That's another wonderful thing I think oh, about wow. I the, um, the GI feel is that you're doing your own patients' procedures and they really appreciate that. Um, I'm sure. Right. So, and then you also do a lot of procedures from just primary care doctors or other referring doctors. Mm -hmm. So two half days of clinic, two half days of endoscopy. And then my, my situation is unique because I have about half my time protected to teach in the clerkship as well as in the first year's um, physical exam course. So, so that's kind of like my, what my average week looks like, but then two to three weeks of the year, I'm on the inpatient service with our fellows. And that's when we're seeing the much more acute uh, patient conditions. Sure. Um, and then I take a call about once or twice um, overnight a month, but I do that with a fellow. So it's, I mean, this is like kind of the beauty of being in the academic setting is you're working as a team with trainees. And I think you just, you learn a lot more in that, in that scenario. And it just feels, it feels like you're all in it together. I mean, that sounds like such an appealing sort of mix of things you can do. And Along those same lines, you're able to do all of that as a general gastroenterologist, right? So yeah. So what are some other sort of paths that people can take now? Nice. So GI field? that's good. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different avenues you can take. So, you know, some of the more formalized things are advanced endoscopy, which is another year of training after. So GI fellowship is generally three years. Uh-huh. And then you do another an additional one year to get um, training in advanced endoscopy. Okay. And that's for people who really see themselves being more proceduralist and spending most of their time in the endoscopy suite doing things like ERCP or endoscopic ultrasound, or even now bariatrics is becoming a thing. With right, the there's all these really advanced procedures. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's one, one path you can take. Another, you know, pretty formalized path is inflammatory bowel disease specialization. And so that's also generally a one-year post-general GI fellowship to get special training in IBD. Um, hepatology, obviously transplant hepatology is another uh, field that you can get more training in. That's generally another year right. um, after fellowship. And then others just kind of carve their own niche out. And so there's like, there's some pancreas fellowships where, where you can get additional training in chronic conditions of the pancreas as well as acute. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Motility is another 
area that um, people spend additional training in. Oftentimes you can do that within your own GI, three-year GI fellowship, but there's all, also opportunities to do additional years. So yeah, a lot of different ways you can That's go. That's amazing. Even once you've chosen GI, exactly. there's still a lot of paths. To yeah, take. yeah, exactly. So, so I've stayed, I've stuck in general GI. Uh -huh. And so, you know, the types of patients I generally see are patients with GERD, difficulty swallowing, epigastric pain, um, irritable bowel syndrome, um, constipation, all these things. But it, what's great is that I actually, I often see everything. And then if I ever feel like at a certain point, okay, this person needs a subspecialist, then I can refer them out. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of nice. You, yeah. Right. Once it meets that threshold, right. you, you can just have yeah. to go see a colleague. Exactly. So like I, I definitely have my cohort of liver disease patients mm -hmm. and I think it's great. You definitely get to see a lot of different stuff within general GI. Perfect. And before we wrap up here, one other thing I just wanted to ask you, you know, now retrospectively, is there anything you wish you knew as a medical student or a resident about different career options or any other general advice you want our listeners to know? Yeah. I mean, I think, and you feel this too, Walker, I think the hardest thing about figuring out what you want to do is, is you're, you, you don't know what you're in, what you're getting into until you're actually there. Right. Especially with these specialty fields. Right. It's just hard to really know what it's going to be like. Exactly. exactly. So, um, so my advice probably for med medical students and even er interns or early residents is be like, just talk to as many attendings as you can, get a sense of what their schedule looks like, what's their quality of life, what's their work-life balance like. Um, talk to the attendings as opposed to talking to the residents or the later year medical students about the career because only the people who are actually in the career know what it's like. Right. And so I would say just spend your time with people you trust, ask them all the questions you have, and then also the, the whole time along you're doing this process, think about who your people are and who you want to be with because I think that ends up being very important. You end up spending so much time, right, with your colleagues and in the hospital, you have to like the people. Totally. You have to find who you gravitate towards because yeah. though training is still long, yeah. the actual career isn't attending much, much longer. Exactly. So that's exactly. very important to remember. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with us today. Um, that is all for this episode, and please join us again for Run the List.